709. And every week, or every month, I should say, we join the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science to discuss all the great conservation work that our zoo is involved with around the world. To talk about the translation of a saying that he loves, I'm pretty sure Andrew butchered it. I don't know. We're joined this morning by Dr. Axel Morenschlager, who is uh, the Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science. Good morning, Axel. Good morning. Okay, I'm I want to sure. try. Can I try again? Uh, Axel, listen to this. Are you ready? Okay, okay, okay. go ahead. I, you tell me what I'm doing wrong here, ready? All of it? Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, it's not that long. Okay, go. Word die wall hat, hat die qual. <laughs> oh, Axel. That's absolutely perfect. Oh, no. snap. Axel. How would you say it? Okay, not quite. Um, wer die Wahl hat, hat die qual. <laughs> so close, Andy. So close. Okay, Axel. It sounds much more exotic when you say it. What does it mean? Translate for us. Yeah, it basically means they they who have the choice have the agony. And uh, I really like it. I mean, so obviously you can tell that, you know, English isn't even my first language. So um, having grown up in Germany, there's lots of these nice sayings that I grew up with. And I always remember this one because one of the things is in in life, we all want uh, to be able to make choices and have the freedom to make choices, right? But sometimes when you actually have the freedom to make choices, it can be like agonizing, Mm -hmm. right? And we all make a ton of choices, I think, every day. Um, I don't know if you guys ever have trouble making choices. Often. <laughs> Often. Yes? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's how I feel. I mean, if I go to a restaurant and I'm staring at the menu, you know, I can get down to two or three, and then I'm like, oh, my God, which, what, <laughs> what, what if it's terrible? What if I make the wrong decision? You know, all that kind of thing. But even, even for us, uh, or for many Calgarians, as we go into the summer months, you might... You know, you might think about how you spend your time. Like, even if you have some time off, how do you spend that free time? And and how do you make those decisions based on what, right? Sometimes we just do it on a gut feel or or, or just based on, you know, the spur of the moment. But sometimes, actually, we do it in a much more strategic way, whether we know it or not. And um, I think in general, as I just sort of reflect on life and then, you know, in broader ways in conservation, we really make important choices primarily around how we spend our time and our money too. Time and money are among the most precious things that we have to give, no matter how much or how little we have, right? Um, And a lot of what we do is ultimately connected to things that we value the most. And that's going to be different for every person or even every organization, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you and Andrew always choose the same thing. Because you're perfectly aligned on everything. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Laughter. Yeah, it's an, the the individual comes out uh, even in a group setting. Yeah, exactly. And um, and one thing that's interesting too is we don't just make decisions about uh, what we care about, like right now, like what menu item am I going to choose? But some of the decisions we make actually affect things or are about things that are ten or twenty years away, right? True. So, for example, like people might care about their retirement or or what um, things will be like for their children or grandchildren or, in general, what they want this world to be and how they can have an influence on that. And so, does, does that relate to your world of conservation then as well? Yeah, so much because in conservation, we make decisions all the time and we fundamentally are caring about uh, some deep values that we have. And those values are basically about that we believe that that species and ecosystems deserve to exist, 
that there uh, for a couple different reasons. One, because you know plants and animals have a, a place in this world just as much as we do, and the other one is actually that as humans they better exist because without the fabric of nature we can't be here, right? And so um, the challenge is that there's about a million species that are currently at risk, and that means you know there's a lot of trouble on the horizon. We need to choose really carefully how we engage in that. And actually, they're in trouble for a reason. Often it's things that are really complicated or big factors or big effects. And so just like you think about a patient in an emergency room or somebody who might be chronically sick, it's not going to be like an instant magic solution. Often you don't even know what the problem is yet. So it's about time as well. It's about being able to figure things out and being able to help those things in the long term, right? So with limited resources, uh, limited uh, cash and time, as you mentioned, it's almost like playing God, choosing which sectors of uh, the, the natural world uh, we can aid. Is that, is that the agony you speak of? Wow, that's, that's pretty deep. And, and uh, I think, I think it, it speaks to, like you say, the, just the, the depth and the importance of some of those decisions. And, and it is agonizing in this way. We actually help, we actually train people internationally too in how to resolve these things through a formal process called structured, structured decision-making. It's actually used in, in business as much as we're basically bringing it to conservation too. It's just a way of formally assessing what is it you really care about, what is possible to achieve, and how can you make trade-offs to achieve it, okay? And so um, for us... In, in conservation, the wonderful dilemma now is because we have, you know, we work on many endangered species, as you know, in Canada to, to save them. And we work actually on, on many internationally, too, is that more and more people are coming to us asking us to help, you know, and more species need our help. So ultimately, um, there's two things we really, really care about. One is from a Canadian perspective. We care about species not going extinct in this country, right? Because they're part of our heritage mm-hmm. and the world and around us and the fabric that we all depend on. But, of course, there are species that people love in faraway places, lions or rhinos or whatever, you know, that aren't Canadian, but that also might go extinct. And so we think about other species that, go, um, that might go extinct. So there's a bunch of fundamental questions that we really grapple with. <clears throat> One is... Uh, what species need our help, and what is potentially our ability to save them? How long would it take to achieve such benefit? And then, like you said, Andrew, like what what would it cost, and who would actually help fund such work or partner with us to work together over the duration, like the, the long haul of saving these species? And then finally, because of course we only have so much capacity. Every situation that we take on, every large or small animal or plant or anything like that has to be a model that can be extrapolated. So if we figure out an innovation to save something like here in Canada or somewhere in Africa, how can we escalate that to be kind of the new solution for hundreds or thousands of other species, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we've developed some really novel methods like for conservationists in general. But um, but in general, it just speaks to the kinds of decisions that we make every day. And, and you do it in your world. I mean, huge questions, massive consequences. And I know the, the conservation team at the Calgary Zoo is renowned worldwide. So thank you for, for sharing a little bit about that with us, for what, what it's like in the background of it all, Dr. Axel. 
Yeah, and and uh, just fundamentally, what I wanted to say there is a big thank you because because the work that we do and the kinds of things we can do to help more species all around us or all around the world because of all this depends on the partners we have and the supporters that we have, and those supporters can even just be all those that yeah. come to the zoo yeah. to support us there, Definitely. or our donors, or our partners, and in such a way. That's how we all support wildlife conservation, and we thank everybody for it. Thank you to them. Thank you to you. Appreciate your time. That's Dr. Axel Morenschlager, Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science. 717 helicopter traffic for West District by Truman, a community connected to its city. Well, looking like a pretty smooth drive so far on Crowchild Trail through the northwest, a southbound 10-minute drive between Stony Trail and the Bow River Construction Zone. Looks like 16th Avenue is off to a pretty good start, though. There is that ongoing construction uh, right around... Northwest, so just watch out for some slowdowns and uh, lane closures in that area. But overall, routes through the northwest off to a good start. Friends and family event is on now at Leon's. Shop special prices throughout the store on furniture, mattresses, appliances, and more. Limited time only. Shop online or in store. Leon's.ca uh, for details. Up at the 770 feet QR traffic helicopter. I'm Brady Howard.